My name is Shorsha Dunbar and I'm your host. Hello everybody and welcome to the Adventure Games podcast with me, Shorsha, and my guest. (laughs) (laughs) No, uh, that's not quite right. Uh, Shorsha, we'll, we'll tell you where Shorsha is in a little moment but hello i am laura and uh, we've got kieran over here as well hello kieran hello um yeah shorsha shorsha thinks he's too good for us i i can't believe this kieran can you believe this everybody shorsha's just uh, swanned off this is it now this is what you're going to be hearing from now on on the agp no more shorsha he's left no more jokes this is now joke free Oh, thank podcast. Oh, thank goodness. Uh, no, that's not actually what's happened. So Shorsha is still doing a lot of adventure game work, I say in inverted commas, because he, he does seem to be having a lovely time at the pool as well. But no, um, Shorsha has gone to Reboot in Croatia. I'm sure we'll be hearing about um, what he's up to there. Reboot Develop Blue is its full title. And it, it's basically a gaming conference and there seems to be a lot of narrative games there he's been checking out quite a lot it, it looks amazing if you if you want to feel incredibly jealous of Shorsha, <laughs> yeah then uh join join the discord there's some, Indeed. some photos of um, him playing various games him meeting various people yes he's doing a lot of meeting and a lot of enjoying croatia he, he's also if you if you want to check out uh, on our instagram page adventure games podcast he's been posting pics on that as well so do check them out he seems to be having a lovely time but because of that i'm back i i didn't really leave but i i just had a brief hiatus as i tried to deal with my many burgeoning projects and uh the lovely kieran here is is here as well and we're gonna of course be talking Lots of lots of adventure games. We've got lots of um, things to review today, including Space for the Unbound. We're going to be looking at Dredge as well, uh, Storyteller. So lo- lots of great games. But we've got some news first. Apart from the fact that Shorsha hasn't abandoned us, but he's just having a great time in Croatia. We've got some news. And the first segment is all about the game Golden Idol. So this is quite exciting. Kieran, did you play golden idol i should i should say the full title of the name which is the curse of the golden idol i've i've yeah i've I've not played i i watched you play it and it it looked fantastic it looked very difficult but fantastic and i think that's an accurate description to be honest it's a very difficult game it's got similarities a little bit i think i did i call it curse or case of the golden idol because it is the case of the golden idol but there is a reason why you would get it confused with curse because that is kind of the story of the game it's all about this golden idol that comes into this family and and what happens with it um it's a pixel art game it's a really cool design it it reminds me a little bit of um return of the obra din where you basically play the detective but as kieran says it's pretty hard there's a lot of you having to guess which character is which in in every scene and as you go on there's more and more scenes there's a lot of people that you have to work out who's doing what to to whom and uh, yeah really fulfilling game I didn't actually finish it I got to about the final case 
and then it was so long I left it at that but I do want to complete it but the the exciting news is is that there's going to be some DLC and I'm interested in this because um the the developer apparently sent cryptic emails containing clues to different journalists i didn't get one uh by the way did you get any email kieran or <laughs> I, well maybe <laughs> <laughs> if, if i did it was too cryptic right right well there you go it was too cryptic so maybe the agp did get one and we just didn't realize it maybe sure she got one to his private email but he was too busy in the pool at croatia <laughs> to, to read it um yeah so this is basically that uh color gray games who made the case of the golden idol which uh, i finally got right there they sent these emails to a couple of journalists saying that the dlc is going to be dropping pretty soon i think by the time this is out it'll have come out it's supposed to be out on april the 27th um not really a lot of news about what that will be I don't, I don't, I'm guessing just more levels, maybe. I don't know. What would you like to see, Kieran, if you saw more from the Color Gray Games guys? Yeah. So, um, I mean, it, it looks cool. And that those sorts of detective, um, as, as, as you were working it out, it was really nice following along with you. I don't know if you, if you would, would you want it to be, um, more difficult or at the same level no. of difficulty or separate? <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I wouldn't like it to be any harder than it was. I really enjoyed the challenge, though. I, I feel it's good that they didn't make it simple. And I guess to clarify a bit more about how, how it works, you there are static scenes and you have to identify objects and people in the scenes. You also have to move words into certain places to say what's happening in that scene. And it gets harder as it goes along because there's more and more happening in each scene. There's there's also also people dressed up, so you have to guess who they are behind masks, things like that. Um, so I'll be interested to know if it's a continuation of that story, if it's a completely new thing. I'm guessing it's probably going to be because it's DLC. It's going to be the same kind of universe, but it goes some wild places. Uh, case of the Golden Idol. So yeah, that that will be. Interesting to see what they do with that, and great to know that they're they're still working on on um, elements of the game. It was, you know, it was a very well received game as well. It, it won a it lot won of an awards. Award, won a couple of awards, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So good for them. Uh, I'm I'm excited to see what they do. I think I'll probably try and finish the old game first, but yeah, it does sound pretty good. Um, next on to what I first thought was an April Fools. I'll be honest. <laughs> Uh, did you think the same, Kieran? I I did, and yeah, <laughs> of, of, well, it fooled me, and then it fooled me a second time. So this has made me furious. This this game. <laughs> and go on, tell us a little bit more. We, we should say the game is uh, the the murder of Sonic the Hedgehog, and this was announced on April Fool's Day, a new game, but it actually is a real game. It sounded like it was a, a fake game that the, the Sonic team had come up with, but it's real and it, it looks like it's an interactive novel. Yeah, and it's, um, I suppose you could almost think of it as an April Fool's joke to be covering the latest Sonic game on, yeah. the, on the Adventure Games podcast. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's um, it's sort of, it, it's a... Uh, it's it's free for a start so i mean yes. no, ma- no, ma- no matter how good That's it is a bonus. you can just play it and see if you like it so everyone can can give it a go it's sort of visual novel sort of kind of a detective thing you do have an inventory but that's pretty pretty limited um and it's this this typical story there's a, a murder mystery but then sonic appears to have actually been murdered 
and all of the Sonic, I mean, I don't know the Sonic games, all of the no, Sonic characters. No, I'll be characters. honest, I don't really either. I know the classic <laughs> ones, but yeah. All the, all the Sonic characters there. Um, yeah, and all the, of them. <laughs> yeah, all, all of them. All, all of your favourite Sonic characters, <laughs> of which the only one I know is Sonic. Well, no, Tails, Tails. is there. Knuckles yeah. is there. That's <laughs> Robotnik, probably. This is, and, oh, okay, this is stretching my nose. Oh, sorry, um, is, is this becoming a... Uh, I mean, that's all I know. I yeah, this this is fully stretching our knowledge. Okay, then, uh, <laughs> that's it. Uh, yeah, ask ask ask, um, ask Sonic fans next yeah. to uh, name and characters. Um, so it's it's fun. It's really good. The the dialogue is funny. I mean, potentially if you know these characters, you're going to find even more fun in it because the, the way they they sort of play off each other is just it's just delightful. It's just really nice. It's really um, light and. The actual the actual mystery is surprisingly well crafted. Um, yeah. there there are actually quite nice clues dotted throughout as to what's what the actual solution is. Um and then you do have to think towards the end um to work out the to work out the solution. And so the the main thing that this has me thinking is that Sega have managed to put out what is I think it's is it overwhelmingly positive or very positive. Oh received? really? A free adventure game as a joke. <laughs> So what what I want to know is why aren't we getting high quality adventure games from Sega every month? This is all I ask for. <laughs> um, yeah. How long uh, have you? Did you have you played it then and you finished it? How long does it take to to complete? Yeah, it's about so, an hour or so. How long does it take me? It took me two and a half hours. So that is not an insubstantial game. I mean, I don't know how much That's of that pretty, I was actually paying attention. Yeah. Um, and there are some little mini segments where you play what feels to me like an authentic kind of sonic kind of game. And I okay. was rubbish at that. So I, <laughs> I took, so I don't know how much of my two and a half hours was spent on that. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's good fun and it's free and yeah, Sega should do more of this. <laughs> we should, we there should we get go. free, free high quality adventure games from Sega every month, please. That's Sega. all I'm asking for. Get on it. Um, now, finally, in our new segment, we have tales of a uh, t- see what I did there. Tales uh, Kickstarter page um, of a game called Twilight Oracle, which I believe again, when this goes out, the Kickstarter will be up and you can check it out. I think it's going out on the twenty fifth. Um, so, yeah, t- tell us a bit more about this, Kieran, of, of what we can tell anyway. Yeah, I mean, this, I mean, it looks really interesting. Yeah. I don't really know very much about it yet. By the time this goes out, the, the Kickstarter will have launched, so you'll be able to see more about it. Um, there are, I mean, it's pixel art. I've seen some screenshots of it, and they look really gorgeous. Um, the uh, the developer says that, um, that I mean, the, the typical thing that all developers say, they're sort of inspired by Sierra and LucasArts. The images kind of remind me slightly of... Um, of, of the sort of King's Quest games with yep. the, with the pop up portraits, but also a bit of, of Simon the Sorcerer. They're very vibrant colours um, in there, which is a bit sort of Simon the Sorcery. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it, it looks nice. Don't really know much more about it at the moment. I would agree with that, and it's worth saying as well. It's uh, by the developer Cosmic Void, uh, who has made 
Blood Nova in the past and lots of other uh, great games. The Corruption Within as well. So if you enjoyed those games, you're probably going to like Twilight Oracle as well. Um, it just says, join Leo on a quest to find the Oracle in this comedy fantasy adventure, which is interesting. I, comedy fantasy, I suppose, you know, you, you do, like you said, I, I get what you mean about the kind of King's Quest um relations to it but uh, but yeah i'll be interested the corruption within was a bit more kind of psychological thriller then blood nova was i, I don't know how how you just describe that one I, I guess kind of there was a bit of kind of space um sort of elements to it it was quite a lot based in that but yeah this this one looks like it's an entirely different thing again really lovely pixel art it looks like so if if you hear this and uh, you want to find out a bit more about uh twilight oracle like we said we'll put the link in the show notes so you could check out that kickstarter and hopefully back it let's move on now to the review segment because we do despite there only being two of us there's still quite a lot to review isn't there there is there's there's too many games at the moment (laughs) (laughs) kieran's been a busy bee again uh, which is great so I've been thinking back, I was going to say I was back by popular demand, but it was me demanding to come back and review more. <laughs> no, we're very happy for that. That's good. We want people who who actually play adventure games and, and can talk about them. That's the good thing. Um, I would, I guess I would say mine are sort of adventure game adjacents. They, they do have stories, but they're a bit more indie focused maybe than straight point and click or anything like that. But tell us about the the first one you've played then, Lost in Play. Okay, yeah. So so Lost in Play, this is the the first and and only game by currently by Happy Juice Games. It came out last year. Um, This is fully just traditional 2D point-of-click adventure. Um, It's in the spirit of kind of humongous games. So if you've ever played a Putt-Putt or a Freddy Fish or a Pajama Sam, the whole kind of style and spirit of this game will be familiar to you um you play as two children um brother and sister you mostly play the uh, the sister um and they're playing make believe and the game takes part in their sort of shared imagined world as they navigate through it and all the sort of monsters that they're conjuring up and uh, and heroes and that they're being just in their heads um the uh, look at this game if you if you look at it on 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 steam or wherever you'll see that it's absolutely gorgeous it's it's a really really nice looking game very cartoonish um and a lot of the joy comes from the animations there's there's so many unique um really really nice touches very detailed and cartoonish um animations um that really bring this game uh, to life they they really make it shine um, any any new scene that you you go into um, will be a, a, an opportunity for sort of ten different unique animations in that in that in that scene. You can go around. There might be two different even pick up animations for different items. And so, if you've ever had an experience of what you kind of going through the motions of an adventure game, you, you're at a new place. You kind of just go around hoovering up everything, yep. because, <laughs> um, and then you solve the puzzles. This it, it completely bypasses that because you feel this sense of awe and wonder of like oh what happens if I touch this what happens if I pick up this what happens and and you get you get rewarded every time for that and so it kind of captures that that childlike awe and wonder at the world which is which is really really nice. Um, from what I've said, even though it's sort of in the um, 
in, in the spirit of, of humongous uh, games, um, this is now very similar to things like like Samorost and and Kukul and the sort of yes. Amanita stuff. I was going to say that's what it exactly yeah. what it reminded me of. Yeah. So yeah, so v- very similar to Hukul, um the the scenes are very restricted and um, you sort of just go from one scene to the next um so solving maybe a, a couple of screens at a time um solving the puzzles in that scene and they've all got some nice little animations and then you move on um the uh, the gameplay is very uh, traditional the the puzzles are, are pretty easy as inventory puzzles um it's not just kind of I'll do this do that um this is a game that uh, you, you might think is, is for children certainly older children would absolutely love this game mm. but because of that visual style and that animation I mean I, I loved it I, I had a really great time it put a smile on my face so many times and I, I'm, I'm a grown man <laughs> um so it's, <laughs> it's it's not just children but but certainly if you've got older children and you, you've exhausted all of the putt-putts and the freddy fishes then you, you might want to look at this as, as well um one thing that I would say in terms of um in, in terms of like it being a game again being a game for children versus a game for adults versus a game for everyone, is that there are these little puzzles and sort of mini games scattered throughout. So every chapter has at least one, sometimes two, sometimes more, um, little mini puzzles. It's sort of like um in in style, in presentation, they're like the sort of serial box puzzles. But there's always a twist. There's none of those puzzles I'd ever seen before, kind of thing. Mm, okay. There was always some sort of novelty to them, and there was always something. So there was a Connect Four puzzle, but you're you're moving the pieces around. They're already on the board, and you're moving them around like almost like chess pieces. Oh, okay. I'd never done anything like that before. It was very interesting. Um, the one thing that I would say about these puzzles is they are really tough. <gasps> really? <laughs> That's interesting. Yeah. In complete contrast to the actual game itself, yeah. um, which is but very you, simple. You, do you not have to, you don't have to do these puzzles to progress, they, do you? Or... They are, yes. So they are okay. sadly, they are not optional. There is, oh, there, is, okay. uh, there is one in particular that has caused some anger in in the in the forums because it is so difficult and it's there's a randomized element as well to it so it's not just there's an answer it's more you have to come up with a strategy oh gosh okay oh no I'd be terrible (laughs) so that puzzle it's it's almost like a um it's almost like a sort of pokery kind of thing you're you're bidding for cards and how much a card's worth and you have to get up to a certain value and it's really tricky. I actually got a pen and paper and tried oh, to work no. out what my strategy was. Oh, if Kieran so, finds it <laughs> tricky, then it really is hard. In, in terms, in terms of, yeah, in terms of, of playing to yourself as an adult, it's great. In terms of playing with a child, I, I don't, I don't think a child would be able to 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 complete this game by themselves. If you were willing to maybe take a few bruises to your pride and you're, you're happy to sit there not solving a puzzle for maybe half an hour in front of your oh. kid and uh then definitely check this out and um, and then the, the only other the only other thing to mention is there's there's a slight annoyance in that the um the devs seem to not really be around <laughs> they don't seem to be responding and so people do experience bugs and the bugs aren't being addressed and there are right. some things, that, uh, even That's though this, a shame. 
this game only came out uh, last year and so that was a, a bit disappointing to see because mm. um, the game itself is it, yeah it's really great but it, it's a bit annoying that the yeah. devs kind of yeah. aren't, aren't actively even so soon after release aren't really actively um, fixing a couple of bugs I didn't actually encounter any bug myself um, okay. and I, I, it, there's not it doesn't seem to be that most people encounter bugs but a couple of people are and and they're not really being dealt with, which is which is a pity. But yeah, overall, this game was just a, a delight. It was really, really joyous, really lovely, and um, put a smile on my face. Yeah, really worth buying. I uh, that well, it, it's intrigued me. It's one I already had on my list, so I'll have to check it out. Do you know how roughly how long it took you to finish? Uh, right. So, um, is it with or without that poker? Well, that's the um, thing. Yeah. Yeah, so Lost in Play, it's quite long. Mm. It, oh, wait, it took me four hours. Okay. Um, total, okay, yeah. that's not too um, bad. That's that's a kind of standard. Like, I, I, I thought it would be about that. Okay, well, definitely one then, despite the puzzles, to check out, you think? Yeah, I mean, to be honest, I thought the puzzles were great. Yeah, um, okay. they, they are still inventive. It's not like they're just really difficult. There is still a twist to them. They're still interesting for, for puzzle fans. Um, but be aware that some of them are, are really quite tough. <laughs> okay, that's good to know. Well, yeah. I'll then talk about a game that I played called Storyteller, which is by the developer. It's a guy called Daniel. I think it's Ben Murgy or Ben Murgui. And the publisher you'll probably have heard of is Annapurna Interactive, who have done loads of great games, such as What Remains of Edith Finch. They're kind of quite well-placed as an indie publisher now they pick up loads of titles so if a game is picked up by them it's probably going to be pretty good and um, I found that with Storyteller I, I thought this was a really interesting premise that they took and it's a, it's a puzzle game and they say it's a puzzle game about building stories and the idea is you have several chapters of a book and each chapter has several scenes and in each scene um, there'll be something such as um Edgar murders his wife and there are lots of different panels within the scene like it's a comic book and underneath you'll have these counters that you can move about so you'll have for example characters such as Edgar his wife you'll also have different scenes that you can use within the um, different comic panels such as love and death and that changes what happens and what the characters do when you place them within the scene you, and and the idea is that you're trying to tell the story that the um chapter is asking you to tell so for example you know with, with the scene with edgar you're obviously trying to get edgar to murder his wife so you're you're placing the characters around in different ways placing them in different scenes until it fulfills um, that reaction. I've made it sound very boring, but it is actually quite fun. And, and the idea, idea is there's lots of these different chapters, there's lots of different characters and, and themes that you get. Some of the ones that you do early on then get swapped around later on to make it a bit more interesting. And it's it's a puzzle game. That's that's what it is. You, you're, you're working out, okay, what can they mean by this title? One of the titles, for example, is called Cured of Vampirism. And you've got to work out what that actually means. You've got Dracula, you've got these two characters and you've got to place them in these different scenes and, and work out, well, what does that mean, cured of vampirism? And um, eventually it'll tell you, it'll give you a little tick. What's also fun with this is um, there are some extra little points you can get 
for not just doing what it asks you to do. It'll add a little extra thing, um, you know, such as, but actually this person doesn't die. And that's a little bonus thing you can do. And the whole point is you, you've got to unlock this ending scene at the end of the book. So you've got to go through, you've got to get each chapter and each scene correct. And then at the end, you unlock the sort of final element of the story. I, I really enjoyed this. I, I, it was It's pretty simple, but it's very well done. The... The graphics are pretty cool. I, I don't know how I would actually describe them. They're, they are a bit comic book-like in a way, but they're not sort of cel-shaded or anything like that. But they're quite sort of minimalist, quite simple. Um, the at little animations that you get of the characters when you switch them around and different things happen. One of them dies, one of them falls in love is very cute. And I think they did a really good job of making that kind of a bit sort of artsy, cartoony, but not too much. So it doesn't make it sort of cutesy or gimmicky because a lot of this, you know, there's a lot of like sort of murdering people and poisoning people, which is quite good fun. So it's, it definitely plays up. I think um, it reminded me a bit of Overboard actually, where you're, you're kind of playing a bit of a trickster most of the time really it's it's not all about love and marriage and everything it's often about getting people killed off and 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 that kind of thing now the the one thing i will say much like kieran said there was um, a bit of an issue with his game and the community some people have issue with this game with how short it is and the price so uh, at the moment i think the price is um well it's around 12 pounds and not that that should really have anything to do with the review but it has had um, some people saying for the amount of time that you play it, which is about three to five hours, I think it took me about five and a half, um, but I was streaming it as well. And I will say this near the end, the final chapter, some of the puzzles are a bit harder. So that that did, you know, that did add a bit of longevity. But some people have issue with the fact that it's about three to five hour game and they paid that amount. And to them, I've got to say, you know, if you played it all the way through and you enjoyed the experience and you you you've completed it then stop moaning about this game you clearly enjoyed it enough to complete it all and i i don't know what you think about this Kieran but there's there is this debate about you know games and longevity and value but it's a really well made game i felt and i it did annoy me a bit to see these people complaining about its length yeah i don't know i i so i don't think a game should should really be longer than it needs to be or or, or shorter mm. <laughs> it, sometimes games are just the length they need to be i mean if if we're if we're judging based on how long you how long you spend on it i mean football manager is going is going to be the best game <laughs> ever made people spend years on it um sometimes sometimes a game just has a really nice idea and it, it like um that's it Florence yeah I um, love that exactly that's a really short that's about 40 minutes and I suppose the issue with this is people are saying well the price point is too high for the length but I don't know I'd be interested to hear what um, listeners think about this should the price point be tied to the longevity or should it be more than that and I think the problem is is a lot of people just tie it down to how long a game takes mm. Yeah, I, th- I think each game is its own experience, and the the time it takes is part of that. But it's it's more about getting the time right than than getting it long. Yeah, I um, mean, I guess we can agree. Obviously, if if a game was charging twenty pounds and it was a ten minute experience, it would really have to be quite an amazing <laughs> ten minute experience. But it, when you're getting into a couple of hours, I think 
maybe it's people who are just used to games lasting about 10 hours, 15 hours and being a bit disappointed. But I could tell off the bat that, you know, it was going to be a fairly short experience because of the mechanic. You know, there's only so much you can do. Yeah, I think... um... Yeah, I mean, it, had it had it carried on for another four hours, I've just reached the point where you're like, <laughs> Ex- okay, I've done this. <laughs> exactly, I'd be like, okay, this is... But I was still enchanted with it by the end. I will mm. say my one down point is the ending is pretty anticlimactic. There isn't much to it. I won't give anything away, but I was a bit like, oh, okay, that's it. Considering especially... I'd say the last three puzzles are, are kind of pretty difficult. So you, you're getting to a point where you're thinking, oh, okay, this is all going to be worth it. And then nothing really happens. So I think that would be something to improve on. But in general, I, I enjoyed the game. Um, again, it'd be cool to see if they did some DLC for it because it'd be quite easy to do that. Just add some extra puzzles. Um, so we'll see. But yeah, all in all, I'd say... Uh, a, a nice idea for a game, uh, a pretty gradual difficulty curve, some nice little animations. And as long as you're not worried about the, the length of it, um, it, it, it's pretty enjoyable. What happens when you get things wrong? What happens when you get things wrong? It, well, it, all it says is it doesn't light up at, at, at the top to show that you've done the right thing. So oh, okay. you can get things wrong quite a lot and it almost encourages you to swap in characters and see what happens. So for example, in the uh, graveyard scene, in the graveyard panel, um, you can have one person dead and the other person mourning their death. Oh, and you can just switch those characters around and then suddenly um, someone else is mourning their death. So that's pretty cool that, you know, oh, it, nice. it, and, and and the animations swap around and, you know, it makes um, it makes it, you know, a, a fun thing to just have have a bit of fun with. And it, I guess it encourages that with the bonus um, little objectives that they want you to do as well. Yeah, I really like that. That's cool. Check it out. The only thing is, is like I say, it's about three to five hours. But if you're happy with that, then give it a go uh let's move on now to your next game kieran and grund is its name yeah so grund this is the um the first game another first um by uh, sector house um this is sort of a a surreal lynchian nightmare it's um a 2d uh, flat plane game your character sort of moves left and right um you can Click or I think use the keyboard as well to to move um, left and right or up and down if you want to interact with um, if you want to move down a path um, in 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 the background or the foreground um, and it, and it's one button interaction as well you you, you click on something to to interact with it in, in the one way you can do it um, the the story is that you've you've accidentally got off a, a train at this place that you've never been before. Um, and it's kind of a, a, a creepy place. Um, you have to work out how to get back or failing that. If you can't get back, you're going to have to stop the night um, in, in this location. Um, and this game really puts all of its stock into its atmosphere. Um, it's it's this very um, dark, uh, cool, kind of creepy, um, surreal atmosphere. It's got a a sketched art style um, with a very restricted palette. There's lots of greys and lots of, um, uh, what's the word? Um, sort of granity looking. Mm. Um, and uh, and then some scenes will have colour washes. So you'll suddenly have a scene where there's lots of red or a scene where there's lots of blue or a scene where there's lots, lots of green. 
Um, and then with animations as well, it can feel a bit like a shadow box um, that, that you're looking into, um, lots of silhouetting going on. And there's also some gorgeous character close-ups um, as well. Um, so the whole the whole game, I mean, if you look at the screenshots and you like what you see, the whole the whole game looks like that. It's very beautiful, very, very consistent. Um, the characters themselves, I also, I really liked how they were written and very surprisingly for, for a game um, that I think is quite low budget, and they're voice acted and they're, they're voice oh. acted really, really well as well. And that really lends into their, their characterizations. Um, the uh, none of the characters are really nasty, but they do kind of disturb you. The way they disturb you is that they're not helpful. Um, <laughs> so they they almost come across like they're toying with you. You're you're the sort of new person in town, and they they could be helping you, but they're they're enjoying the fact that you're you're confused and you're in in this in this quandary and trying to work out how to how to get back. And that situation in itself is really effective. It made me feel uncomfortable. Um, it adds to attention. And yeah, that, that works really well. And the music as well is very subtle, um, but also feeds into that atmosphere. Um, there are some really effective set pieces. There's some body horror in there. There's some sort of, yeah, some typical just Lynchian stuff. Um, the... And there's a couple of downsides that I've got with it. Um, firstly, the the puzzles that they're, they're kind of aren't puzzles mm. so 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 much. It's very linear. Um, I mean, I mean, that's some people might may not want uh, puzzles there all the time. You may want this sort of experience where a character will tell you to go to a location. You go to that location. You find another character who tells you to go to the next location. You go right. to that location. <laughs> uh, it, it goes on like that. Um, a, a a big draw, a big um, a downside for me was the, the the pace, the walking speed is incredibly slow. Oh no! Now I I was talking Thomas about wouldn't this. like that. <laughs> I was talking about this with Shorsha last time with regards to the excavation of Hobbs Barrow, um, because I played that very I played that using the map warps, and Shorsha played it sort of enjoying that atmosphere as much as he could mm. and this is a game that really wants you to experience its atmosphere um and so you don't get map warps um you don't get map warps you don't get a run you don't get a double click to go faster it's all going at the at the walking speed and that walking speed is so slow uh, and what okay. this meant was there there was a couple of times because there is a bit of backtracking and there was a couple of times where I thought I needed to backtrack and I didn't and oh. there is nothing more painful than having walked so slowly back, back three, oh. four screens, and then realise you've got to back, backtrack, back to the start again. again. So that, yeah. <laughs> um, and then, so alongside this is is the meaning. So a lot of a lot of David Lynch's um, real successes are when it's um when even though there's all this weirdness going on and all this surrealism you always feel okay there is some underlying message here there's something i can pick apart i can solve this puzzle i can i can understand what's going on here if i just think about it that's lynch at his best there is also lynch at his worst which mm. is this is just a, a series of, of crazy things that make no sense yes i've watched inland empire <laughs> my god <laughs> i didn't know and, what was going on but yes. yeah there, there have been a, a few games inspired by lynch and they they do 
they don't always fall on, on the right side of this. And mm. um, Norco, I think, is an interesting another example. Yeah. So I thought that I thought that was on the correct side, whereas I know you weren't. <laughs> you, well, now let's, the, uh... I only played the demo and I was like, what a load of rubbish this is. <laughs> right. It's so oh, obtuse. But having heard a lot of other people's reaction to it since, I think maybe the demo just throws you in a little bit too deep and it was very pleased with itself and what it was trying to say. And I just didn't really, I, I just felt it was trying to copy Disco Elysium, but not getting that intriguing element in that Disco Elysium does. But I am willing to play it because a lot of people have said they enjoyed it. And I think maybe it's just the demo throws you in a little bit. But you say Norco is on the right side. Where would you put Grund so, then? I, I think Grund is, is sadly for me at least, it didn't quite manage it. Um, yeah, okay. So it's got... Um, there's this really nice aspect where the characters are archetypes. So the characters don't all have names. There's, they might be called, I think your character is called the adventurer or something. And then, and then there's a character that, that that's the, the business owner or a character that's the boy. And so these characters, you think, okay, they're not actually characters. They're supposed to represent some sort of societal role. And that's quite interesting. But if, if, if that idea had developed, I, I sadly, I, I couldn't quite work out how that, that had developed. And by the end, I didn't actually understand it. I just realised I, I didn't quite understand what was what it was getting at. Um, as a result, ha- however, alongside this, I really enjoyed a lot of the set pieces. There is some mm. nice horror here. There is some nice atmosphere. There's some great um, surreal, just eerie fun. So I actually played this. I ended up playing this alongside uh, Siberia, which I was oh, just okay. a, a much more sort of cohesive and clear and obvious narrative <laughs> yeah. to it. Um, and I played this. It only t- it took me uh, three hours um, okay. total, um, but I played it sort of in twenty to thirty minute chunks. Yeah, because I, I I played it for twenty to thirty minutes. I enjoyed my time, yeah. and then I kind of wanted something I could understand for a bit. Right? A, yeah, a yeah. Fair enough. Um, and I, I suspect most people might enjoy it the same way. Um, a thing that I would say in contrast to, to Lost in Play is developer responsiveness here is brilliant. Hey! <laughs> really, really, really good. Um, when I when I started playing this, I, I actually had a note written down because I was going to, because I was thinking I was going to review it on, on the podcast, write down that there's no manual saves. By the time I finished it, there was manual saves. There you go. Shosha, very yeah, pleased with that. The, the big the tip from just- Shosha on that. Yeah, actively listening and improving the game. Um, there's other people have mentioned bugs and they've been cleared up, they've been fixed. I've had so many updates come through for this game, which is fantastic. Um, so maybe, I mean, I don't know if he'll want to lose the um the side of the atmosphere versus the walking speed. If there's <laughs> any possibility of increasing that walking speed, even just as an option, I, I would really appreciate that. Um but yeah, it, it's it's a good experience. I I don't think it's successful in all regards. Um, but yeah, I, I enjoyed my time with it. Well, we we've heard about the kind of uncanny aspect of Grund and the horror of that, and that kind of ties into a game I've been playing called Dredge, uh, an indie game which it does have adventure game elements because of the story. And the kind of background, the location to it, but it also has a lot of more, I'd say, mainstream aspects in terms of crafting elements um, and there's some quick time events and things like that. But it, it, it's one I wanted to mention because it's been pretty big 
on the on the indie scene. A lot of people have been playing it. It's got really really positive reviews. So I, I think you know if you if you don't mind that there's not just story elements, but there's some actiony elements and things like that as well. It might be intriguing to you. And I think as well, someone like Thomas, for example, might be interested in this because it's got the Lovecraftian elements as well. So what it is, it's it's a single player, it's a fishing adventure, and you wash up to this kind of creepy village town, and you they they've advertised for a new fisherman. You don't know at that point what's happened to the old fisherman, and there's lots of questions as to what might have happened. And they're, they're asking; they they want you to go out um, in your boat. You actually end up washed up on their shores because the boat that you had mysteriously sinks and crashes. But before you get to them and you wash up on their shores, they realise that you're the person going for the job, and they give you tools. They give you their own ship to go around their shores and fish for them. And the idea is you've got a little hole in your ship and it's very much like if anyone's played Resident Evil 4, it's the same kind of Tetris inventory you've got to use. So each uh, block of your inventory uh, can be taken up by the fish that you catch and there's also all the bits of your engine that's there as well. So the different nets you can use, the different fishing rods you can use and you build up all these things as you go along. So the idea is you go out and fish and there's different types of fish you can get. There's shallow water fish, there's oceanic fish, there's all these different types and they need different rods, different equipment to catch them. Uh, you sell them to the, the local fishmonger, you get some money, then you can buy some new things. Uh, and, and that's how it goes. And that element of it is, you know, pretty, you've seen that in, in other games before. What's cool about this is it sort of goes that Lovecraftian route of not all is as it seems. And it has this meter at the top where if you go out fishing for too long, you start to get tired. And what happens is when you get tired, you start to see weird things. So you'll start to suddenly see big fins rising up from the ocean. You'll suddenly start to see eyes in the middle of the fog. And when it gets very dark late at night, then you start to hear things around your boat as you're going. You, you have all this equipment, so you've got like a foghorn that you can blow. And sometimes you'll blow that and you'll hear other foghorns, but you can't see the ships anywhere. So there's, there's this quite eerie atmosphere. And the idea is you can't go out fishing for too long, otherwise you'll go insane and your ship will get dashed to the rocks. And what's quite fun is when you are going out and um, going more insane is that rocks that weren't there in the daytime will suddenly pop up in front of you. So it's as if you're kind of manifesting all these obstacles when when you start to go uh, more and more insane. So that's the kind of side element to it. You you also, when, when you catch some fish, some of the fish are mutated and, and they've got weird things um, about the weird characteristics. So that's another sort of side element to this oddity that's going on and and the idea is you, you're just going out and exploring the map there's a sort of sinister collector figure who um asks you to pick up these different trinkets for him and that's kind of the main part of the mission there's all these different things he wants you to get from these different islands and each island has its own sort of characteristics and style there's the gale cliffs where there, there's all these tornadoes that look very much like 
um, Zelda and the Wind Waker kind of style cartoonish uh, touches. And I will say the whole art is very beautiful. It is kind of in that style of of, um, of the Wind Waker from the Zelda series. It's it's sort of dark but also it, it it's got these very kind of light um touches as well when you're in the daytime as soon as you're in the daytime you're a bit like oh thank goodness it's all clear there's no fog anymore um but yeah it's it's got these kind of lovely little elements to it that um makes it a pleasure to sail through when when, when you're not in in the fog and, and the dark uh so yeah there's all these different islands that you explore you you can fish pr- pretty much there's all these little little fishing spots that you go to. And if you've got the right equipment, you do these mini games to, to pick them up. And it's often about clicking at the right time. It, for example, your uh, hook will go around in a circle and there are these little green spots. And if you click at the right time in the green spot, then your fish will go um, further up close to the boat and then you'll be able to pick it up. Um, and you've got to manage your inventory. You've got to manage these fish you get. You've got to manage all the sort of research parts you pick up and to upgrade your ship and and manage all the kind of different equipment and upgrade all of that as well. Uh, you know, th- there's lots of little side quests you can do. You don't just have to do the, the main bit with the collector. And part of that is the the charm going off and just exploring all these little nooks and crannies and this this weird world you've got an encyclopedia which has got all um the fish that you've caught there's books that you can pick up to read and the progress of the book the percentage of the book gets um goes further the more you travel um it's worth saying that the time only moves when you either are fishing or moving your boat so if you just stand still and don't do anything time doesn't move but as soon as you move then suddenly time ticks on and the closer it goes to the night, uh, the less light you can see and the more insane you you start to go. You start to see weird things happening. So I really enjoyed this and I will say I'm not quite near the end yet, but I, I have finished most of it now. And I feel like unless there's a huge change to the ending i kind of can see where this is going to go without giving any spoilers but i i thought this is a really just well made game in that it knows what it wants to do it, it's got that story element to it and you, you do pick up little story bits there are messages in bottles that you pick up from lost travelers so it, it has that kind of bioshock element of your learning stories of other characters because that's the thing you 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 talk to these characters on different islands, but um, I guess the main story you're discovering is one of your own and, and what's really going on and why you're really here. But you you do pick up kind of bits and bobs from from different characters as you go along. It's not voice acted, but there's a bit like with Disco Elysium before it went fully voice acted. There's little sound effects and you know sh- short uh, animations and things like that so you kind of get a bit of an idea of the character um yeah i think as as long as you're okay with the um quick time events that the mini games because some of them can be a little bit difficult and also some of the areas that you go to can be a bit difficult because you get some big fish chasing you or you have to repeat things again and again because you bump into things, you get too tired and so on and so forth. It's it's not the easiest. And I would say at the beginning, it's also not the most intuitive because there's a lot of things you have to learn about 
what do you do to repair your ship? How do you go into this menu? It doesn't have a lot of tutorials, so you're kind of just learning on the go. It does it does mention some things. Obviously, it does explain some things, but the, there were still elements that weren't the clearest to me, and it was quite a lot to, to get your mind across. There's loads of different sort of menus and and bits you have to delve into. But I think once you do get it, it is it's really interesting. It's it's a cool setting. Um, I, I really enjoyed. Sometimes it's just fun just to go out and fish, not really thinking about the story and, and just thinking, okay, what can I go and get here? And the locations are, are really cool. You know, there's this volcanic area where that's spewing hot lava. There's this sort of more tropical area where suddenly this creature just reaches its tentacles out. And so at any moment you, you feel like you can be sort of surprised by, by what's going on. It it definitely leans into that Lovecraftian side pretty well so th- I, I will say you know some some of our listeners who are straight point and click adventure gamers might not like the the action elements of it and the kind of crafting but if you're willing to take a bit of that do a bit of that and um, and the one thing i will say is you can turn off the mini games so if if those aren't your bag and you're not a fan which i think is a great aspect you know it's accessibility some people might not be able to you know, click as quickly and do all of this. So I think it's great that they do have that. So, um, yeah, if it's that's not your bag, then that's fair enough. But I think if if you're into something that does still have a bit of story, but has got these extra elements as well, it's it's really taking a lot of people by storm. So I, I think worth having uh, a look at. Oh no, that looks that looks awesome. Um, yeah, I'm looking at I'm looking at uh, <laughs> some some of the little clips of it now, and it, it really does look just like. The second that you're discovering a new island, the, just looking at these clips, it looks fantastic feeling. I think so. And I think they really do because your boat is very small. It's worth saying. It's not like <laughs> it's a big tanker or anything. It's this tiny little dinghy and you're sort of chugging out in, in the middle of this huge, huge ocean. And there's these little points. You do have a map, obviously, it's worth saying. Sometimes it's a little bit confusing which way you're supposed to be going. You've got a compass. It would have been nice maybe to be able to mark on the map and and then be able to follow a set point. But I guess the point is, is that you've got that compass, you've got the map, you're supposed to sort of be a bit unaware of where you're going because that adds to the sort of creepiness. Um, But yeah, like you said, it's got some really pretty locations and then it's just got this horror element of these weird fish that are suddenly appearing out of nowhere and and it's always pushing that thing of oh i could i could just go a little bit further and and discover this thing or i could go back home and and you know and rest for the day Uh, and and it's just pushing that oh like oh i just want to get this one last thing and then suddenly a big fish will come and and eat you up so yeah Um, yeah, I, I guess I, I definitely would say uh, Thomas would like this game, but I'm not sure if Shorsha would because because of the action elements. He he might not be as much of a fan with that. But it, you know, it's it's a lot of people have given this a lot of good reviews, and I can see why it isn't just a sort of straight action game. It's got some very interesting themes running underneath it as well. And um, we head now to our our final game of the review section. I'm guessing this is a lot more peaceful than the last two games and a bit more chill, but we'll find out. Kieran, tell us about Space for the Unbound. Yeah, so Space for the Unbound. Um, I don't know, it does share some similarities. Oh, okay, <laughs> all right. 
Um, no, I mean, you'd, you'd have to push it. Um, so this is a an Indonesian um, adventure game from de- developer, I'm not sure I'm going to be pronouncing this correct, Mojiken. Um, and they have made previous games, but it, it looked to me like this is their first kind of proper adventure game. Um, and it, it really is something quite special. Uh, it's controlled um, with a, a keyboard again on, on a flat plane, so left and right and, and interact. Um, but if you interact with something, you get an, a, a sort of interaction wheel of all the different things you can do with it. So it's not just one interaction with with everything. Um, you play as uh, Atma, um, who is a, a teenage boy. Um, he's coming up to the end of his um, education. Um, and apparently what they do in, in Indonesia is you're coming up to the end of education, you fill in this form um, saying what your aims and aspirations are um, after you take your, your final exams. Um, and so you play as Atma, you have a, a girlfriend, her name is uh, Raya, and she doesn't really want to do this whole this whole thing of, of filling in this form and doing these exams. She really wants to enjoy the moment um, and spend uh, the time with you um, doing all the things that, that the two of you like. And so you draw up this bucket list um, of things you actually want to spend your time doing. I mean, so far, so just lovely. Yeah. Um, Early on, there is some weirdness. Um, so very, very early on, I think it might be the first time this sort of thing happens, is that you, you don't have money to buy something that you need to buy. And Raya says, oh, ch- check your pockets again. And you check and, and the money is suddenly there. Okay. Um, and so it, it's almost like um, she has superpowers. But this isn't this isn't a fun revelation. This isn't, oh, she's a superhero, brilliant. It's almost like a... Oh, she kind of has a slightly ominous control over reality here. Okay. <laughs> there is something slightly off about the whole situation. Um, and uh, the story then uh, develops into this much grander narrative. Um, so there's there's multiple timelines, there's celestial beings, oh. um, the, the fate of the world is sort of at, at stake at various points. Um you do this thing called space diving, which is sort of like entering someone's soul or psyche. I mean, I make it sound like psychonauts, but it is slightly different to, to that. Right. Okay. Um, it, it's is used it themed really effectively. Or, you know, like with psychonauts, it was themed when you went to each person's different psyche. Is it the same or is it um, not quite as... It's, it's often just like one setting, but yeah. sometimes it's almost more like a sort of shared subconscious between... Okay characters um and it's it really used effectively as a way to get across their their mindset and their experiences and their stories um and the in particular i mean so so far everything i've described sounds utterly wild it really does (laughs) it 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 reaches incredibly far um it's a very confident um, and ambitious narratively and then the final the, the conclusion of the game, I mean, I'm not going to spoil anything, but the finale is so successful. It manages just absolutely perfectly to tie together all of these threads, um, really satisfying explanation for everything that's happened. It wraps up everything really well. And it also carries this emotional punch. Or there's all these themes and, and discussion around um uh around memory around moving on around what you keep with you what you let go 
um, really, really tender and sensitively and really nicely done ending, um, which completely recontextualizes the whole game. So I think a, a lot of people may really enjoy multiple playthroughs of, of, of this, okay. um, having having understood the ending. Um, and the strength of that kind of final third of the game means that, I mean, I, I, I'm going to recommend it. I can definitely recommend it just from that. Those final three hours that you spend with the game are just incredible, um, especially if those sorts of themes, you think they speak to you, then I think the this this game will be very special to a lot of people. I mean, it's got overwhelmingly positive yeah. reviews on Steam. It clearly speaking to people. Um, I did have some issues with it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's, um, I mean, it's. I'd still say it's a brilliant game, um, and but it, it's potentially not. Um, I mean, I can see it being people's game of the year. It's not going to be my game of the year. I can see okay. it people. I can see some people saying, "Okay, this is the best game ever made." <laughs> but I, I, I would disagree. Kira's like, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, so firstly, it's no perfect tides. Come on, oh, wait, it's, it's not. It's not quite perfect tides. <laughs> um, I mean, it's a similar situation with, with Perfect Tides. If if a game speaks to you, there's there's that's it. <laughs> if a game really yeah. speaks to you with the themes that it's bringing, sometimes that can be it for for a person. Um, so the uh, the difficulty is strange. So it's it's very low difficulty, which is fine. Um, the puzzles are very simple. Um, it does do this annoying thing where it doesn't let you have the satisfaction of solving a puzzle a lot of the time. So let's say you come across a door, it's locked, and then later you see a key. Even though that's a simple puzzle as a player, you get a slight joy from going, ah, I know what that key's for. It can be for that door back there. But but nine times out of ten in this game, you pick up the key and the character will say, I could use this key in the door back there. Oh, Okay. And it just robs you a small amount of that that enjoyment of yeah. solving a puzzle, which which is a bit of a bit of a pity. Um, so there is one puzzle in the middle where suddenly you're doing algebra, and that is that is yeah. I mean, I enjoy algebra as I was well, going to say more, Karen, more, that's more than <laughs> more than most people, um, but I don't think that puzzle should have really been in the game. Um, okay. I think it, it's a bit mean to get people to do algebra to mm. to, to continue a game. Um, <laughs> Agreed. The the game also includes quick time events, which yeah, some some people about them. I'm just not about them. I don't think quick time events really add much to a game, um, and they're they're not really integrated in the story. It's just you're doing a quick time event, and then you're, you're carrying on the actual story, which is which is much better. I also found the the start of so I should say I've I've mentioned <laughs> I've, I've mentioned a few sort of negatives, and I want to stress that these don't in any way override the the huge positive. These yeah, are small yeah. negatives. There just happens to be a few of them. Um, I found the pacing at the start kind of weird. The game's in this tricky position where it wants you to have all these sort of touching moments and emotional connections so that it can reflect on them by the time it gets to the end. At the same time, it doesn't want to bore you. It wants to, to draw you into this much bigger story, um, this, this grand mystery that's going on around you. So early on, as an example it sort of feels like the universe is collapsing. And alongside this, you're getting ingredients for a Black Forest Gatto. Right. (laughs) (laughs) And Hmm. for me, this meant that very early on, there wasn't really the relatability. Because 
in, in that situation, I would be having a meltdown, or at least I would be acknowledging th- that there's an enormity of things happening here, mm. rather than, oh, I'm having a fun time <laughs> making a cake. <laughs> um, and so I found that was weird. And, and because of that weirdness, I almost gave up on this game. And I'm very glad I didn't. So okay. the, the first three hours, it's, it's a really rocky path towards mm. trying to get all of this stuff out and then it settles down a bit and it and it spends some time taking itself a bit slower and um, developing the characters developing stories a bit more um and you get about four hours of that and that's quite nice and then as I said the final three hours just absolutely brilliant huge success for for narrative games um and so yeah I'm, I'm really glad that I, I didn't give up on it Certainly, if that story sounds like it's it's interesting to you, I mean, it's set in Indonesia. You get a lot of information about um, Indonesian life as well, which is quite cool. That's cool. Um, and yeah, and if those themes sound like they're they're interesting to you, I mean, other people may pick out different themes in the game as well. Um, then definitely check this out. Um, yeah, it's a really brilliant game, uh, Space for the Unbound. It does look really beautiful and it is again, it's something on my list. And it's interesting. So it's set in, in 90s uh rural Indonesia. So I wonder if there's kind of I, I don't know, what what's the sort of soundtrack like? Yeah, the, the sound the soundtrack was nice. Um mm. the soundtrack had a couple of I don't know what the genre is. Is it is it like it's it's a bit is it I don't know if this is what it is. <laughs> oh, I've got the word chip tune in my head. And okay, I don't know if that's actually yeah, what yeah. it is. It's a bit beepy boopy. Right. Um, kind of retro and, feel, I guess, which just fit in with the sort of 90s. Oh, yeah, throwback. definitely. Um, I mean, I think this this game is slightly from a sort of RPG tradition. Um, mm. And so you get that sort of beep boops in um, in other, like Undertale and things like that. Yeah, um, and Pokemon and that kind of... Yeah, and um, almost handheld game, but it, mm, not. <laughs> and and there's there's some other there's some more acoustic. Uh, there's there's a couple of acoustic tracks as well. Um, I think it it tries to do a slight sort of to the moon style thing. Right. With that. Okay. Yeah. Um, and yeah, they they're done very well. I don't think there's enough of it. I think the music is really nice, but there was a couple of tracks that I ended up hearing a lot of. Okay. Um, and I could have I could have done with a bit more variety. Um, but yeah, music is nice. Yeah, it, it seems like a, a really. I, I'm I'm interested by the the amount of kind of supernatural element because I really wasn't expecting that at all. Just yeah. looking at the nice environments and being told it's set in 90s Indonesia, I wasn't expecting that element. And my my um, last question to you is: How long did it take you to complete Space for the Unbound? Because this is what I always want to know with games, which maybe I shouldn't. I shouldn't always be thinking about how long they take, but it is kind of gives yeah. you a, a feel. So this took me eleven hours. Oh, okay, um, okay. This is this is yeah, this is a long game. Yeah. Um, and I mean, part of that was part of that was why I almost gave up. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. I, I played the first couple of hours. I looked up. Um, like the how long to beat um, listing for how yeah, long it's as taking everyone people. does these days. Yeah, and I think, oh, do I really want that? Mm. Um, and I'm I'm really glad I did. By the time it got to the end, I I could have taken so much more. Um, oh, that's good. It's uh, yeah, it's really really nice. Um, that's great. Well, that is a space for the Unbound. Uh, the developer is Mojikin and the publisher is um, Toj or Tolje. I don't know. I think Toj Productions. I probably said that wrong. Um, but yeah, check that out. That 
uh, came out a couple of months ago. Uh, and what we will do, obviously, is for all of these uh, games, we'll put a link underneath in the show notes so you can uh, see where you can get them from and find out a bit more about them as well. But that marks the end of this um, tumultuous uh, ousting of Shawsha <laughs> <laughs> with myself and Kieran. Um, so I don't know, Kieran, if you've got anything else to add, if there's anything else you've been looking at at the moment or checking out. Yes, at the moment um, I'm playing, well, I started playing the Neutron game. Oh, yes, um, the Mike Bithell one. Yes, and I, I realised that I don't remember the plot of Tron. Great. <laughs> um, I, I thought, yeah, I've, I've watched Tron, this will be fine. And I started playing the game and I thought, I don't know any of this. Oh. <laughs> so I may have to uh, look up a, a Wikipedia explanation of what happened in Tron um, before I continue with that one. Right, so you think that you? is possibly going to be something that you would need to, because I, I, I equally don't think I have played Tron in some time. So, well, not <laughs> not played, sorry, watched it. But there also was a game, wasn't there as well? Um, yeah. So, okay. So you're thinking if you if you don't if you've never watched Tron, would you be able to play this? Do, do you think? Um, quite possibly. Um, but I mean, I felt I felt like I was dropped in the deep end. Okay. Um, I, I did feel immediately like. I need, I'm going to need to remind myself what happened in Tron before I, <laughs> before I carry on with this. One. Okay. And I, which I guess is fair enough because, you know, it's, uh, it is, that is what it's about. So maybe they're going to expect people to, to realize that. But okay. That's good to know. Um, as for me, I think I am probably going to check out a new FMV from, you've guessed it, Wales Interactive. Who else? It's always going to be Wales Interactive. They're always creating um, FMVs. And there's a new one uh, that's coming out pretty soon. I think it's in a, a couple of I think it's the 4th of May it's coming out. And it's called Mia and the Dragon Princess. And it, it's it's an interesting one. They've got a bit more of the action-y route. Um, previous ones they've done have been a bit more kind of comedy stuff like uh 10 dates they did um but this one yeah it's a a sort of interactive action movie starring a plucky barmaid whose life is thrown into chaos when a mysterious woman turns up at a workplace on the run from a group of violent thugs and unable to speak english so yeah interested to see what they do with that they always do Good FMVs. It's a Wales Interactive game. It is, isn't it? Yeah, it reminds me. I don't think they did. I kind of forget. I always presume, by the way, that Wales Interactive has done every FMV. And then it turns out actually that they haven't. And there's lots of others. They've just done most of them. They've just done, yeah, they've done basically, yeah. Um, Yeah, I I was going to say, I couldn't remember if they did Late Shift that's one of my favorite FMVs and that was oh they did they did they were the publisher obviously the developer was not Wales Interactive it was Control Movie but yeah um, it reminds me a bit of that which was a crime FMV and I, that's probably one of my favorite because it was it just felt like a movie it was really well made so I'll be interested to see if they do the same thing um, with that um, right well I don't know, Kieran. If there's anything else, you, I'll, I'll, I don't want to stop you. If there's anything else you're you're looking at the moment or watching um, um, that you want to big up, I do have yeah a very strange um, suggestion, which is Lock L O K. Okay, um, this is a, a puzzle book, 
um, oh. which is strange. It is a narrative puzzle book, and it is almost like having a, a physical version of The Witness. Oh. Um, the It's all word search puzzles, um, and it starts by telling you the rules, but by the end of the book, it's no longer telling you any of the rules. You, you kind of work out the rules as you work out the puzzles from the fact that they are puzzles, they've got to have a solution, um, and you enter into this kind of dialogue with the book um, and it's just a lovely thing to have with you with with a pencil trying to work out a puzzle a couple of puzzles each night um and yeah and it and it develops over the course of the book um so a peculiar thing but i think some some listeners may well be Ooh. interested in that uh, it's called lock l o k that sounds um, really a, cool a weird sort of narrative word searchy puzzle book and how difficult are these puzzles? Because I like the idea of that, but I feel like I will buy it and then I'll just won't be able... I'm guessing, do they have all the answers either online or, or in the book? Or how do you how do you know? I guess you know you completed a, a puzzle because it all makes sense, I guess. Yeah, so the an- the answers are at the back. Okay, um, okay. But yeah, similar to in, in The Witness, um, you kind of, you know you've solved it if you get it, if yeah. you understand what's going on. Okay. Um, yeah, right. I, I I don't think they're that difficult. Um, well, Kieran is pretty <laughs> clever. I'll just say this. I'll probably I'll just be there. Like, I don't get it, but yeah, we'll see. Maybe if I if I do it and I can do it, then <laughs> uh, I'll I'll let you know. Maybe I'll check that out for for the next episode. Uh, yeah, so that's Lock L O K. It's a puzzle book by um, Blaz Urban Grakar. Again, I probably said that wrong. Apologies, but you can check that out if you just Google Lock um, and puzzle book. How about you? You got any recommendations? Well, I'm I'm trying to think. I, I nothing really that sort of fits with the the genre of adventure games. Really, I I, I have not been doing any puzzle books, and I've I've not been reading anything of of great note. I have to say. So, I mean, I've been I've been watching Succession, uh, which, which is a great drama, but not really very well. There's a, I mean, I guess it in the sense that the narrative is fantastic. Uh, it's, it's worth watching, but I think love most a good people, narrative. yeah, exactly. If you love good narrative, you're going to like Succession and all the plot <laughs> twists. So there you go. Not yeah, not not quite as clear uh, a choice as Kira's, but um, still worth watching. And it's on the final season now, so there's not long to go. Um, but I think we will we will leave it there. Uh, thank you very much, everybody, uh, for listening uh, to this episode of the Adventure Games podcast. Sure, she will be back. Don't worry. He is coming back. He'll have lots to talk about, I'm sure, um, from Croatia. So be sure to tune in for that. As I said, all the uh, games and everything that we've suggested and talked about will be in the show notes. Do get in touch with us um, on Twitter. We're also on Instagram. If you just search Adventure Games Podcast. And I should give a little shout out. Uh, uh, Shosha normally gives a shout out to the Patreons. Don't worry, Shosha. I didn't even forget that. There you go. You, <laughs> if you do want to support the podcast, you can do. Um, I believe, I think if you just Google again or chat GBT or whatever you want to do, uh, Adventure Games Podcast and uh, Patreon, and you will be able to uh, find us there. Yep, there it goes. It's just patreon.com forward slash Adventure Games Podcast. Um, you can subscribe for £1 a month or £5 a month, and uh, you get little extra uh, recordings, behind the scenes interviews, things like that. Um, and also get to support the podcast as well. So if you're enjoying that, please do. Um, and yeah, just uh, let us know, everybody, what you're playing at the moment. And if you've played anything that we've reviewed, uh, let us know your thoughts on it as well. And 
we will leave it there. I'm sure Shosha will be back with lots and lots of games to talk about in the next episode. But for now, uh, thank you very much for listening. Thank you, Kieran. Thank you. And keep on questing. Yes, I was, gonna, I was like, I was going to say, who's to, who's to, we don't have Thomas here. So who's going to say it? But I think, I think Kieran was waiting to say that for the whole episode. I could Definitely. tell he was looking forward Dream to it. Dream come true. There you go. Dream sorted. There you go. Thank you very much, everybody. Bye. So if you like the Adventure Games podcast, then please subscribe, rate and review. Wherever you listen to podcasts, please leave a review on iTunes if you can, as every review helps, and reviews will help get the word out, especially for adventure game developers who appear on the podcast. Now, you can also follow me on social media. You can follow me on Twitter at Advent Game Pod. You can follow me on Facebook at Adventure Games Podcast. You can also follow me on Instagram at Adventure Games Podcast as well. And we're also on Discord at Adventure Games Podcast. So if you are a Adventure Game developer or a Adventure Game player, you can follow us there. So again, please feel free to retweet and share podcast episodes and the podcast to people who you believe may enjoy it and you can also find more information about the podcast on www.adventuregamespodcast.com so until next time thank you